Welcome to the Paranormal Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Thanks for stopping by. This is the place to explore mysteries, investigate the otherworldly, and share stories of the inexplicable and the strange. You see, within the realm of our daily, ordinary lives, there is a paranormal factor always waiting to reveal itself. So let's begin exploring together the truly weird. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining us on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. In this new episode, we take a look at a great UFO story, the Valensol UFO sighting. In Valensol, France, a farmer, Maurice Massey, spotted what he thought was a helicopter landing in his lavender field. Well, he was annoyed and approached it, only to find out it was actually an oval-shaped object resting on four legs. Massey later claimed that in front of it stood two figures, not quite four feet tall, dressed in tight gray-green clothes. Their heads were oversized and with sharp chins, their eyes large and slanted, and they were making a grumbling noise. One of them pointed an object at him, he reported, and he was immediately paralyzed where he stood. When he regained his mobility, the object had already flown off. It's an impressive tale of a UFO landing and an encounter with aliens. And we'll get to this great UFO story in just a moment, right after I remind you about the Paranormal Factor Podcast Facebook page. Every day, Monday through Friday, there's new paranormal and supernatural material for you to explore. Fans of the show know it's the best place to find monsters, quizzes, film, TV, and book recommendations, and current paranormal news stories from around the world. Now, let's fly over to our new episode and look into this French UFO case. On a July morning in 1965, Maurice Massey, a farm owner with Lavender Fields in Valensole, France, was having a seemingly normal day. Massey was walking slowly towards the barn when he heard a strange sound coming from the direction of the field. Damn it, as much as you can, the farmer muttered. He assumed that another military helicopter was landing on his field again. In the summer, pilots often damaged the local bushes while performing training tasks. Determined to deal decisively with those who were spoiling his lavender, Maurice Massey headed out into the fields. In a bit of a huff, he was shocked at the sight that greeted him. What was revealed to his eyes he would never forget. Later, laboratory study of the affected soil and plants confirmed the occurrence of an unusual event. And later still, Massey confided to his wife that in the course of the encounter, he experienced some sort of communication with the aliens. Well, the Valensole case is considered one of the classic UFO narratives. Investigations by official and civilian agencies confirm Massey's sincerity and good character. And what happened that day would resonate with the public, contribute to UFO fever in France and around the world, and would continue to be a compelling story for the French media for years to come. By 1965, UFOs were making a lot of noise. There had been nearly two decades of hundreds of purported sightings of strange, otherworldly craft around the world. It seemed every day someone was coming forward with a new flying saucer photograph, many of which were easily identified as hoaxes. Still, some were truly surprising and tough to debunk. But very few had tangible evidence, relying instead on eyewitness statements, photos, and a lack of conventional explanations for the encounters. 
That was not the case in Valensol, where a startling event was about to take place. The region of the encounter is in France's Basses Alps and is known as the Valley of Lavender. The encounter began on July the 1st, 1965. Near the French village of Valensol, farmer Maurice Mass was smoking a cigarette just before starting work at 5.45 a.m. when an object came out of the sky and landed in a lavender field 200 feet away. Annoyed and assuming that a helicopter had made another unauthorized landing on his property, which had happened several times before, he walked toward it. Instead of a helicopter, Massey saw a strange egg-shaped object shaped like a ruby ball that was the size of a car. It rested on four legs and was just 200 feet away in the middle of the open lavender field. Through an opening or window, he saw two back-to-back -back seats. As his gaze took in what he was seeing, he also noticed two figures he described as the size and build of eight-year-old boys. Massey later described what he saw. I knew that it wasn't with men that I had to deal, and I watched them the whole time as I was moving across the field. Both of these beings were down on the ground. They were squatting down. One had his back to me, and the other one was opposite him, and it seemed to me that they were looking at a lavender plant. In fact, the two were taking lavender plants, and he decided to confront them. But when he got closer, he realized these weren't simply small people. They were non-human. The creatures had bald and large heads of a pale color, a sharp chin, and eyes elongated to the temples. They were wearing heavy blue and green jumpsuits, and most strikingly, they were unaware of Maurice Massey. He continued to watch them and noticed they were making grunts and rumbling noises, communicating, despite their mouths not moving. Finally noticing the man, one of the creatures flinched and turned sharply in the direction of the ship. The second humanoid a few feet away held out a long, thin hand with a strange tube clenched in it. Pointing it at the farmer, the alien slowly backed away. Well, it was as if a light bulb exploded in front of Massey's eyes. The creatures stared at their victim for about a minute, communicating with each other in high, guttural voices. In that split second between the object being pointed, something happened. Maurice found all of a sudden that he was frozen in place and could not move. The being then placed the pencil-like device back in its pocket and both of them began to run back to their craft. Journalists later learned that the fear that had gripped Maurice Massey in the first minutes disappeared during the paralysis. The Frenchman noted that he could feel almost nothing but numbness. He watched as the creatures disappeared through the ship's opening door, then reappeared in the translucent cockpit. According to Massey, inside they seemed to be standing behind the control panel. After a few moments, the machine rumbled up a meter and slowly floated towards the hill, then accelerated sharply and disappeared into the summer sky. Massey remained paralyzed for about 15 minutes after the visitors left. The first thing he did when he was able to move was to carefully examine the traces left by the landing of the UFO. Clearly visible were the indentations from the ship's legs and a large, dark, circular footprint. Having made sure of the integrity of the prince, Massey rushed to the city to his friend, the owner of a cafe, and told what happened to him. Maurice's friend then contacted the police on his behalf. Maurice was a bit nervous and tried to play it off as a joke, perhaps worried about his reputation. However, the strange story took off like wildfire throughout the town. Massey and his 18-year-old daughter returned to the spot in the evening. When he assessed the traces, the central hole had changed. The hole had been transformed into the shape of a reverse funnel. 
Massey tried to keep his daughter away from it. He thought the site might be dangerous because it might be filled with radiation or other harmful energy. Later tests, however, found no radiation. The story soon became known to reporters and government officials who became frequent visitors to the farm. Government officials would visit the farm and would return several times to reveal the strange things happening at Maurice's farm. There was a flat imprint in the field where Maurice had noted the craft had landed. It also appeared to give way to a cylindrical hole about 12 inches deep. This hole radiated into four flat grooves creating an X shape. First, the landing area was initially wetter than the rest of the field, but eventually hardened to such a degree that it felt like concrete. This is notable because previously it was an active field with lavender growing in it so the dirt was pliable. Analysis of the dirt and plants nearby showed a higher concentration of calcium than normal. Lavender near the landing site began to wither and die, and immediately there were health consequences of the incident. Maurice Massey began to suffer from nightmares, often sleeping for 12 hours and feeling very sleepy. He was not able to remain awake for more than four hours at a time. Again, this is unique because he was a working farmer at the time and used to physical labor in long days. In addition, he complained of apathy and a lack of interest in life. But the most interesting thing was told by his wife in a conversation with French UFO researchers. It turns out that her husband confessed to her that the creatures gave him some important information when he stood in front of them unable to move. What this information was? Well, Massey vowed never to tell anyone, and so it passed that on May the 14th, 2004, Maurice Massey passed away, taking with him the secret of any message the aliens might have communicated. During a later interview, Massey was shown a drawing of an unidentified flying object that had landed in Socorro, New Mexico in the United States. Massey said the depiction on the paper matched the craft he had seen in his field. For several years after the incident, Massey was unable to grow crops in the spot where the UFO had allegedly been located. Interestingly, Massey came to consider the encounter a spiritual experience and said he looked upon the site as hallowed ground that should be kept in his family forever. But skeptics, well, they had a theory that provided a possible explanation for the stunning UFO event. Skeptics point to a plausible explanation that presented itself a short time after the alleged UFO sighting. On July 4, 1965, just days after the encounter, a theory that it was a helicopter was highlighted in an article of the French newspaper Le Monde. The article stated the French military considered the craft to be nothing more than a light army helicopter, the very thing Massey himself originally thought at the outset of the incident. The military thought it was most likely an Alouette II or III type of helicopter. There had been known maneuvers codenamed Province 65 taking place in the region since June the 29th, which included these types of military craft. Since Valensol was just 19 kilometers from the exercise zone, they felt almost certain that the aircraft would have flown over the Valensol area. They further stated it was entirely possible a helicopter could have landed in Massey's lavender field. Yet that didn't convince others that a truly amazing encounter had indeed occurred on Massey's farm. Ame Michel, one of France's most prominent ufologists, and Flying Saucer Review editor Charles Bowen, interviewed Maurice Massey on August the 21st, 1967. With some years now past, he appeared much calmer than two years ago when Michel last saw him. 
Massey had long since plowed over the imprint marks, but there was still clear proof of the earlier event, according to Michelle. At the landing site, he said a circular area of land in the midst of the precise rows of lavender plants still remained, with only a few weeds growing. The area is about three yards in diameter, the investigators wrote, and around the perimeter, a number of lavender plants are stunted and withered looking. They are certainly not healthy plants like those in the rest of the field. In November of 1968, French astrophysicist Pierre Guerin was able to easily distinguish the site from the rest of the farm as the site was now overgrown with weeds, but still, no lavender could be spotted. On a subsequent visit in March 1969, the location was still clearly visible. During the same visit, Guerin interviewed Mrs. Massey at her house while her husband was at work. Mrs. Massey revealed that her husband thought about the entities almost every day and that he also thought that the meeting was a spiritual one. So did Maurice Massey actually encounter a UFO and its alien occupants? This is a compelling case that seems to have the feel of authenticity about it. Skeptics have not put forth any theory that successfully explains what happened on that July day in 1965. And what are we to make of the helicopter theory? Well, first it stretches credulity that Massey would not have been able to recognize a helicopter, no matter what model it was. And remember, he was expecting to see a helicopter. His description of the craft he encountered is about as far from a helicopter as you can get. And even when a helicopter lands temporarily in a field, it's unusual for crewmen to disembark. And the sound of the craft that he reported is nowhere near the whoop, whoop, whoop sound a helicopter makes when landing or taking off. And the physical signs of a landing on the ground, as well as the strange aftermath of vegetation being severely affected, was witnessed by many investigators, researchers, and media personnel. And finally, it makes little sense that Massey would have held on to this event privately for decades if it had simply been a hoax. Even over 58 years later, the sighting continues to be a topic of debate and interest. Some believe the sighting was clear evidence of extraterrestrial life, while others, well, they say there must be a more rational explanation. After all, the alternative would require acknowledgement that an actual alien encounter really did occur in 1965 at Valençol, France. Well, in our next episode, we tell you all about a legend of nightmarish proportions directly associated with Christmas. The Krampus is a very scary creature. It's a horned entity in Central and Eastern Alpine European folklore who, during the Advent season, is a terror for children who have misbehaved. The Krampus is considered to be a half-goat, half-demon monster in some legends. But how did he come about? Where did the legend come from exactly? And what is his relationship to that other key Christmas notable, Santa Claus? Well, we'll answer those questions and more when we tell you all about the Krampus next time, here on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. And now it's time for the episode quiz. It is quiz time, and here you go. The Smiling Man and Slender Man are examples of what? Is it A, Scottish ghosts, B, creepypasta, C, shadow people, or D, old legends? Once again, the Smiling Man and Slender Man are examples of what? Is it Scottish ghosts, Creepy pasta, 
shadow people, or old legends? And the answer is... B. Creepypasta. The Smiling Man and Slender Man are both creepypasta stories. And what exactly is creepypasta? Creepypasta is a horror-related legend which has been shared on the Internet. The word creepypasta is a combination of the words creepy and copypasta. Copypasta represents viral, copied and pasted text, the kind that gets posted all over the Internet. Creepypasta has emerged in the 1990s when the text of chain emails were reposted on Internet forums and Usenet groups. Many of the earliest creepypastas were focused on the paranormal. Creepypasta.com was created in 2008, while the Creepypasta Wiki and R No Sleep, a Reddit forum, were both created in 2010. The term creepypasta has now become a catch-all term for any horror content posted onto the Internet. Some classic creepypasta include The Rake, Slender Man, and Ted the Caver. These stories are usually fictional and not based on real events, but they can be disturbing. And like anything on the internet, fact-checking is a must. So think of creepypasta like urban legends. Their real purpose is to tell a good scary story, not unlike the goal of a good horror film. There have been some strange occurrences of some creepypasta supposedly crossing over into reality. For instance, people actually began reporting encounters with Slender Man. That is, real encounters. And there was even a theory that people's belief in him allowed him to cross over from imagination to physically manifest into our world. Likewise, there have been many reported real-life encounters with rake-like creatures. Such blurring of legend and reality also applies to the Smiling Man. If you'd like to hear more, well, check out Season 3, Episode 39, right here on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. Well, that'll do it for this episode. A theme song is Knockers by Cinco, courtesy of Upbeat Music. Hey, before you leave, if you could, please do me just two favors. First of all, if you did enjoy the show, please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks, and thanks for stopping by. <laughs>